0: You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Homeschool Dropout. Today, we have Jeremy Anderson with us. Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show. We're happy to have you.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to be here.
0: Jeremy is involved in so many good initiatives and projects lately. Jeremy grew up in Alaska. He graduated from a charter school up there. After the charter school, he studied biophysics in his undergrad. And then immediately after, he went into a master's in educational leadership with an emphasis in education policy at BYU. So some really exciting and interesting perspective there that we'll dig into. He currently has four children, and runs a business as a contractor focusing on remodeling. So he's in disasters, he has four children, he's running his own business, and all at the same time, he's currently running for office in Salt Lake City for a school district. So give the listeners a little background on your overall educational path. What was homeschool like and how was that journey for you?
1: So I loved my homeschool experience. I had a great time growing up. I was just always kind of homeschooled. That's just, that's what we did in my family. I never really wondered too much about it. I was definitely aware that other people didn't homeschool and I was sorry for them. They had to go to school and I got to stay home. So my mom focused a lot on reading and books. And so my school consisted a lot of independent reading. I remember my mom just giving me this big stack of books and saying, okay, go ahead and read this. And I just sat down and I read all of them and it was, I loved it. I did do math. I did some of these other things. And typically what I did is my mom would give me a textbook and I would sit down and I would read through or work through the textbook from start to finish. And that was, so that was school for me. We did have a lot of co-ops and we did other things outside the home. My cousins were also homeschooled in the area. That was really helpful. As we got older, we built a small group of other homeschool families that we were good friends with. So we would do stuff with them.
0: Okay, so you were completely homeschooled? You didn't attend public school at all growing up?
1: When I was a junior in high school, I did a computer science class. I can't remember now if I did it junior and senior year. But I did at least one year of computer science, just as kind of an elective at a local high school. And freshman through senior years of high school, I was on the high school swim team, my local high school swim team.
0: Okay, so you were getting some interaction to the public system through sports, and then you did take just that one elective? Yes, and how was that? Did you have curiosity about, oh, you know, maybe I want to go full time? Or did you feel really secure in being homeschooled and, and enjoying that experience?
1: I was pretty secure in being homeschooled. Some, some of the experiences, other experiences from my high school career, was I remember doing like a day long leadership conference or some other things like that where we'd go out and we'd do some really neat stuff. And that was all just homeschooled. You couldn't do that if you're in, in public school. Yeah, I guess my experience with the public school was I kind of expected it to be worse than it was. I was pleasantly surprised. I had great experiences with the teachers that I interacted with. So I think the fact that I did have some interaction, it, it shifted my perspective towards public school a little bit. Whereas before I, you know, I, like I said, I felt sorry for the kids that had to go to public school. And I, I kind of felt like it was a an inferior way of education when I, you know, through the experiences that I did have, it started to open my mind a little bit and say, you know, maybe this isn't as inferior as I thought it was. Maybe this can still be a good option for people.
0: Interesting. Where do you think that came from that kind of perspective? And I don't know that view about public school.
1: That was the view that my mom espoused. It it certainly wasn't the prevailing view in the homeschool circles that I had. But growing up, my mom always said, you know, homeschool is not for everyone. It works for some people. It doesn't work for everyone. and, And public school can still be really good like I said, that wasn't how I felt about it necessarily. But when I went to public school, the teachers that I interacted with were just great people. And those interactions, that's really what started to change my mind a little bit.
0: Cool. I definitely see that sometimes with homeschooling groups and families where almost an elitism begins to emerge within the groups that Homeschooling sometimes is the only way to do things and it's the only way to really raise your child and give them an education. And I think it also borders on kind of a protectionist homeschooling that that emerges sometimes. And so I'm liking your experience when you went to public school and saw that, oh, there's there's actually good value here, you know, that I didn't anticipate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely kind of what I found.
0: So did you ever feel like you were missing out on things while you're homeschooled, especially in those high school years?
1: No, I never did. I, I really never felt like I was missing out on things. I felt like I had additional benefits that other students didn't.
0: So you have this homeschool experience, you graduate from homeschool. Kind of tell us how prepared you felt for college. When you transitioned into college, did you feel really well prepared? Did you feel like you were lacking in some areas? Talk to listeners about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, when I got into college, I definitely noticed some gaps in my education. The biggest thing was I wasn't really good at turning work in and being on top of all of the homework deadlines and just the understanding how the grading system worked. And it's not like it was complicated stuff, but it was a gap. And I went into college, I was very confident in my abilities. So I I took on a really heavy first semester. And I really struggled in some of my classes, but it took me about a semester. And by the second semester, I understood how things worked and I didn't have any problems. <laughs> so it for me, there were gaps, but it, they weren't a big problem. It, it didn't take me very long to to fill those gaps. And I wasn't really, I guess, looking back, I don't really feel like I had gaps that other students didn't. My gaps were unique, maybe from the ones that they had. But I think coming into college, I felt like we all kind of had some gaps and we had to start filling them.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is, I went from high school, I entered college, and I was faced with a system that was very deadline driven. There's a specific cadence and expectation on timelines in college. And that was something that was a little foreign that you had to adjust to. But that being said, you felt looking at your peers, there were public schoolers who entered that also had gaps. They were just different gaps. Yes. What would you have done differently in order to prepare yourself more?
1: That is a, a good question. The thing is, when I got into college, I had the skills and abilities I needed to learn and to pivot. So it's hard for me to say... Oh, well, I should have, I definitely should have learned those things in high school. I guess some specific skills that I would have focused on more would have been writing, just writing skills in general, making sure that I really understood how to write a paper. Because that was something I pushed back against my, I pushed back on my mom a lot. And I, I didn't want to do a lot of writing in high school. And she wasn't terribly good at kind of pushing us to do things that we didn't want to do. And so I did some writing. She thought it was very important. I did do writing in high school, but I didn't do enough. And so that left me with maybe a a gap there. That was very common though. Most of the students in college had a gap in their writing skills, but that's something I would have focused on. And this comes less from my experience and and also more from some of the things that I'm studying as I'm, I'm studying education. But I feel like it's important at an early age to be cohesive, make sure that you know what it is you want your students to learn, and really making sure that they cover that and they learn those things in the early grades. And then when they get to high school, it's more about helping them pursue the things that they are interested in and probably making sure that they do know how to keep deadlines and how to be professional, learning some of those more professional skills that are used in college and also in the workforce.
0: To make sure I'm understanding, what you're saying is when you say cohesive, you're saying, hey, here are all of the things that you may need to learn and have skills at, even at a young age, kind of having that comprehensive vision for if this is the future that my kid wants, these are the things that they're going to have to develop in order to be prepared for that. Is that what you're saying by cohesive, having a kind of a comprehensive view on education and skills?
1: Yeah, and, and I would say find a good program, and really stick with it. Either create or find a curriculum and follow through with it. Obviously, it doesn't mean if you try something you don't like, you can't change. But one of the things that my mom did was we jumped around in math curriculums because we just couldn't find one we felt like we really liked. And we kept switching our math curriculums. And by the time I was done, she said, I really wish that I would have just stuck with one. Each one was a little different. And so what they assume that you learned earlier on is different in each one. And it's just like, it would have been better if I just would have chosen one and gone with it to the end. And so I think deciding early on, what is the curriculum? What are the, the stories and the subjects and some of the core skills? I wouldn't say everything that your student needs to know, but what's the most important? Deciding that, writing it down, and following through with it in the early grades, making sure it's very concrete. Because when kids are young, they just wanna be taught. They want someone to tell them the important things about life and about the world and about history. They don't have a lot of knowledge that they can use to explore with, and they're hungry for it. So they love it if you'll just sit down and you'll just tell them what happened 100 years ago, and why is it important today? How did things come to be as they are right now? is something that they just, they love it. And how does the world work? But then as they get older, once once you hit kind of high school age, you know a lot of things because people have been telling you things your whole life. And you want to kind of go out and explore on your own. Say, hey, I'm really interested in geography. I've learned a little bit about it and I want to know more. And you still need to give some guidance, but if you can harness some of that intrinsic curiosity and some of that drive to learn that they have and go with them, explore with them, and then, yeah, you want to build the structure. They're not going to be able to build their own structure of, oh, now you need to turn in a paper. You have to build that and you have to scaffold for them. But if you do that a little bit and let them explore, they will just they'll love learning.
0: I really, really like that, Jeremy. I love that word choice too, just scaffold for your children. I actually have a couple of thoughts about what you said. I have found that in homeschooling, accountability is challenging. It's very challenging to have consistent accountability. And I think in part of that's because of the family relationship where you as a parent are kind of playing two roles a little bit. And so I don't know, that dynamic is interesting in maintaining strong accountability because once you enter college, There are clear authority figures and clear consequences if you do not keep yourself accountable to a timeline. And so I think that's a unique challenge and something that parents can focus on is how do I scaffold? How do I build accountability into just the day-to-day operations of homeschool? It's something that I felt my parents did really well, especially in those high school years as you're scaffolding for your child, a really good thing my parents did was say, if you want these things if you want to go to college then here are the things you need to do if you don't then here's what your future could look like whereas very kind of open exploration what do you want and how do we get you there i did feel like it was a collaborative effort where i knew very early on that i wanted to go to college and so my parents would guide and say well then these are the things that are expected these are the things that you have to do Not all my siblings went to college. In fact, many of them did not. And my parents kind of guided and saying, okay, you want to go to hair school. Here are all the things that are required for that. Here's what you'll need to know. You want to be an electrician. Here's all the things for that. And so I think that's a really powerful role that a homeschooling parent can take in saying, the future is yours and it's broad. What do you want? Let's get you there. And kind of having that freedom of exploration and choice in those high school years, they can start capturing this is how the world operates and these are my options.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think helping our children see the vision of the future because again, just like they don't have knowledge when they're in elementary and middle school, when they're in high school, they don't have vision. They they don't know what the future could hold. So if you can broaden their vision and kind of help them see, here are some of the possibilities. E- even going through, you know, if you're if you're going to go to hair school, These are the jobs that are going to be available to you. You might be able to start your own business. Here's kind of how that will look. Here's some of the challenges that go with starting your own business. And just giving them a vision based on your experience so that they can make some decisions. And as they make those decisions, you may or may not agree, but then as they they do, they will learn so much.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it'll feel like this was my own education that I chose. Okay. So let's pivot now. I'm very interested in this space and this path that you've chosen for yourself. Tell the listeners what informed your decision to go into education policy and how that fits into your perspective about homeschooling.
1: Yeah. So I, I absolutely love learning and ideas and I, I, I've loved my opportunities when I've had them to teach So I got into college and I knew I just wanted to learn everything I could. And so that was one of my my main goals, but I couldn't figure out a career path. So I, I looked at a lot of things and I actually thought about, well, maybe I'll be a teacher. But I had some concerns because the teaching career is not known as one where you make a lot of money, where it's easy to really get by. And I had some aunts that taught and while they enjoyed the teaching part of it, they hated the administration with a passion. So I had some concerns about being a teacher and eventually I decided not to, decided I wasn't going to go down that path. But I found this degree called educational leadership or education policy. And I looked at it and I said, you know, that just checks all of my boxes. I I love the policy world. I'm involved with education here. And maybe I can fix some of the problems that I've kind of seen through my, my aunt's experiences and just through general discussion in the public about education in the United States, but it was a master's degree. And so I put it on hold and I said, well, when I get there, maybe that's what I'll do. And I did a degree in biophysics because it was broad. I could learn about a lot of different things and I felt like it was a secure choice as far as giving me job options. I loved it, had a great time. And when I graduated, I I looked, at my options and said, yeah, I want to do this education policy. So I did.
0: Okay. So what has surprised you about your master's that you didn't anticipate?
1: There's kind of two groups in the educational leadership degree. There's the administrative path where it's mostly teachers who are looking to become principals and superintendents. And then there's the policy path, which can be anybody and they're learning about education policy. And I was in the policy path, but I took a class with the administrative path as an elective. And I was so impressed by these teachers and by a lot of the content of the class, some of the things that they were learning and that they were trying to implement in the schools. And I really had the feeling that, you know, our system is not as broken as I always assumed it was. I always assumed that our system was broken. And and then as I went into the street, I'm like, okay, maybe I can be part of fixing this. Once I learned more about it, it's like, well, it's not. It's not as broken as everyone says it is. So that was kind of a turning point for me to start looking around and saying, okay, well, if the system is not as broken as I thought it was, what does need to be done? And there are still things to be improved in the system, but I've shifted my focus now where I'm focused on the families. And I feel like if we can focus on strengthening our families, that's where we really need to focus in education. Because many of the problems that we talk about and that we see, their root cause is struggling families, much more so than it is a broken education system. Now, that's not to say, like I said, there are definitely things that can be fixed, but I think the place to start is with helping our families.
0: Very interesting. So what I'm hearing is, even if we go all the way back to when you were being homeschooled, you had this view and perspective about the public system and then in high school you start getting exposure and it starts challenging your paradigm you go to college and you start entering your masters and you're kind of pulling back the curtain here and looking at how the sausage is made right like how is this all actually working and when you're getting that view it's challenging your your perspective even more where you're saying, this is actually a much stronger system than I ever anticipated. And it's shifting your focus to saying the best way to help these kids is to strengthen their home life, is to strengthen the family. Is that, is that really kind of, in short, your experience, what it's been?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I feel like that is a good summary.
0: Okay, so then let's look at your involvement with public office. What is driving that? And what do you hope to accomplish in entering the public space?
1: So as I was getting this master's degree, I was wondering, okay, how am I ever going to use this? Because I didn't really want to jump into a research position at a district, which is kind of what the degree lends itself most to. I I thought, you know, maybe someday I'll get on a, on a, a school board. I've always wanted to make an impact on the world. And during my college career, I decided that the big impact I wanted to make was in education in America, because I feel like it's such an important aspect of our society. Well, I did an internship as part of my master's program. I was the personal assistant for a state legislator here in Utah, it's a, a neat program. But the legislator that I worked with spent six years as a school board member in her local school board. And talking with her, I was able to see some of the impact that she had and some of the problems that she saw with the system. By the end of that internship, that was this just this last spring, I realized, hey, I need to just jump in and and start now. So that's why I started running for office is I want to have that impact. And I feel like the local level is the most appropriate place to really make an impact, especially if your goal is to impact families.
0: I really like it. I like that you are actually doing something. You're seeing some issues, you're seeing opportunities and you're getting involved. What advice would you give to new homeschooling families, families that are just getting started? What would you say to them to help them kind of build confidence and have good direction.
1: I I feel like it's hard to give general advice because it's going to depend on the person, right? (laughs) Some people are going to need the advice where it's like, you know, just don't stress about this too much, especially when your kids are young. Just learn with them, spend time with them. Don't get too worried. I've read some homeschool parents saying, oh, you know, my kid is in first grade and I don't know, they can't read or they they just can't do X or Y or Z. And it's like, you know what, they're they're six years old, they're seven years old. Don't worry about it too much. Just explore your path and, and, and see where you need to go. But some people are going to need the advice that's, you know, sit down and make a plan and, and take some time to really look at this and ask yourself, what is it that you want your kids to get out of this education and start to build a formal plan? Some people don't need that advice. but so I, I think both of those things are important. Don't take it too seriously, but yes, take, take some time, put some time into making a plan. That's important. So I feel like it's situation dependent. Depends on what you, what you need, but maybe the most important thing is just enjoy it.
0: Cool. Have fun, enjoy yes. homeschooling, enjoy learning, get out there, explore the world and absorb everything you can in those years because really in those years, it's you, the world is just at your fingertips and there's so much you can learn every day. And I think instilling that in your kids is such a rare and unique opportunity.
1: And, and don't be afraid to make mistakes. My mom made so many mistakes and I turned out fine. <laughs> I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't change my upbringing at all. So
0: it's really cool. Yeah, that's and I'm sure your mom loves hearing that. And even watching you, you know, having homeschooled you and seeing you choose your path. And now you're getting involved in the public sector and you're getting a master's just really great. Uh, I'm sure that's very rewarding to know that despite the mistakes and the little things growing up and, you know, all the different math curriculums, you're okay. You turned out okay. Kids are okay after they're done homeschooling.
1: Yeah, I learned calculus. I got my biophysics degree. It wasn't a problem. Yeah, it all went well.
0: So Jeremy, do you plan on homeschooling your own children?
1: I would love to homeschool my children, but we'll see. So my oldest is in kindergarten right now. Okay. And our plan was to homeschool him this fall. And he has some friends that are going to school. And he just felt very strongly that he wanted to go to school. So we've let him... We've let him go and he's been in school for, I think, two weeks now. Okay. We started him a couple of weeks after the semester had started and he's enjoying it. But we're also doing some homeschool activities and networking with homeschool families with our younger kids. So we'll just kind of see where our education path takes us.
0: I, I like that your son's involved in the decision making there, even at a young age, kind of giving autonomy and decision making power to them, I think is really, really good. And helps them feel like they're engaged with their own education. Okay. Well, is there anywhere people can go to learn more about you, either your remodeling business or your campaign? Is there anything I can direct listeners to to learn more about you?
1: Sure. My campaign website is electjeremyanderson.com. I don't know if that will still be up by the time this airs, but it probably will be. Okay. And then my remodeling business The website is relyonremodeling.com.
0: So your campaign website is electjeremyanderson.com. Your business website is relyonremodeling.com. Yep. Okay. Well, great. Jeremy, we really appreciate your time. I think you're doing great things out there. I love your perspective on homeschool. I love your perspective on public school that you're able to see inherent value in both. And I really do believe there's value in both. Despite being a homeschool apologist, you know, I I loved my homeschooling. I benefited massively from the public system as well. And so I think there's, it's a really healthy approach to see a holistic, you know, what are all my options out there? What are all the ways I can learn? And I think you've done that really well. So appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey everyone, to make sure you don't miss weekly episodes of the Homeschool Dropout, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcasting platform.